Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hey, hockey fans, and welcome to Game Over Vancouver on a night where the Vancouver Canucks destroyed the big. Well, I don't know if it's destroyed, but they beat the Vegas Golden Knights five to one, extending their modest win streak on their road trip to two games, which is a lot better than one game or no games. And now they could imagine this: they could sweep their three-game road trip with a win over the mighty San Jose Sharks tomorrow at tomorrow evening. So great show for you lined up tonight. As always, we'll go for a couple segments. The first segment, I'll break down the game with my guest. The second segment, we'll talk bigger picture. And the final segment, we will get to all of your feedback in the comment section. So welcome, welcome. I am Clay Emo. I'm Knut Clay on Twitter and on YouTube. And I encourage you to like and subscribe to the Steve Dangle Podcast Network, the channel that you're watching right now, SDPN. Like the video, it always helps us out. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the live streams, either Game Over Vancouver, or if you're interested in any of the other six Canadian cities, you can follow, uh, follow those streams as well. And you're also welcome to follow me on YouTube and on Twitter at Knut Clay as well. So once again, three segments, talk about the game, big picture, and then we'll get to some of your feedback. But let's get started right away. We wanna thank our sponsors. And this is what I get to read and, and sound like I know what I'm talking about. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with sports interaction. Whether it's World Cup, hockey, football, or basketball, sports interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see that all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsaction.com, sports, sorry, sport, sportsinteraction.com, SDPN, that's sportsinteraction.com, SDPN for Steve Dangle Podcast Network, and 19 and over, please play responsibly. All right. Speaking of responsible, I think I always use that segue, but I am going to use it very, not even liberally, truly for my next guest, someone that I've uh, collabed with before, someone I have a lot of respect for, a fellow Canucks fan, a fellow content creator here in British Columbia. So let's bring him on and I'll let him introduce himself to you. Please welcome Mr. Sean Warren of the Area 51 Network. Sean, thanks for joining me tonight to talk about this big win. Oh, thanks for having me. I mean, what a what a night to kind of follow up uh with a show on that that's yeah they, they couldn't have uh timed that better pretty lucky <laughs> and you may know and and the viewers here know that there's there's three of us that split these sean it's me samantha chang who you know quite well and yes. a, a young upstart wonderful youtuber named kaya may and i think uh now that connects have eight wins i think i've done three sam's done three and kaya's only done two but i think my winning percentage is the best. I don't know if it's the positivity thing or whatever, but uh, <laughs> thrilled you're here, Sean. We're going to go with it. We're yeah. going to go with that. Got to go with it. Before we get into tonight's game, and we have so much to cover, can you tell everyone a bit about yourself and where they can follow you? Tell them that right off the bat. Absolutely. So, I mean, you can follow me. Uh, I'm usually at, at SeanWarren234. Uh, you can find me on Twitter there. Uh, I'm also the founder of the Area 51 Sports Network. Uh, so you can follow along with everything that the network is doing uh, at area 51, uh, a51sportsnet.com. So uh, we cover a lot of different sports. We've been doing a lot of World Cup coverage. Uh, of course, we cover the CHL and uh, the Canucks as well. So um, we've got lots of different podcasts and journalists there. So uh, yeah, follow along as we continue to expand our network as well. 
Awesome. Big fan of what Sean and his crew are doing, taking over the digital space, one podcast and one YouTube show at a time. And truly, it's not just Vancouver Canucks coverage. The beautiful thing is it's worldwide coverage. It's junior coverage. It uh, basically runs the whole gamut. So thank you, Sean, for joining me. Before we talk about individual individual performances and, and, and so on and so forth, overall, uh, what do you think of the performance and were you surprised by it? You can be honest. I was surprised by it. And yeah. really the reasoning be kind of like obviously it hasn't been a great start uh to the season it's much like you trying to climb back into your house through the window uh how the canucks kicked off this season uh but uh i mean this is a team that played vegas just mere days ago and had a very different result uh this was a very dominant i would say this is the best 60 minute performance that the canucks have had all season up to this point uh you know, big difference makers for Vegas were practically invisible. Guys yeah. like Jack Eichel didn't really notice him out there all that much. Yeah. Whereas Pedersen all over the ice, even Niels Hoaglander, like fantastic game all around by the Canucks and something that you could take a lot of little things from and potentially kind of snowball that uh, forward. Yeah, I love the callback, Sean, to the Monday night game where we lost 5-4, where we actually played two good periods against Vegas and then Vegas uh, you're right Eichel Mark Stone they really started to dominate that game just uh, earlier this week Thatcher Demko was a net we'll get to that uh, as well but uh, I I think this game could have gone really differently didn't Vegas had two grade A chances within the first two minutes of this game and it was almost like they kind of took kind of left uh, took over from where they left off on on Monday so it could have been a long night but Martin came up big and and the Canucks, they, they bend, but they didn't break. And that's for sure in the first period. Yeah, those first nine, 10 minutes, I was starting to worry about it for our show. Like we weren't <laughs> going to have a lot to talk about. It wasn't going to be good. Uh, but they woke up halfway through there and really didn't let their foot off the gas for the rest of the game there. I thought, yeah, you know, even Vegas getting one there, at no point was it a threat. I didn't think that it was you know, an egregious error on the Canucks part to allow that goal. Uh, so just a really, really great performance all around. A yeah. few great standouts as well. I agree. And let's start in goal because it was interesting, Sean, after the Vegas Canucks came back on Monday on my own show, I was saying that, um, you know, I like Demko. I like him a lot. And he's going to obviously be such an important part of our team if we want to push for that playoff spot. But I, right on Monday night after that game, not because I was mad at him, I basically said, I'm going Martin in Colorado and I'm going Martin in Vegas because just to give the Vegas Golden Knights a different look. They've faced yeah. Demko in the bubble. They faced Demko on Monday night. Why not give him a... And you know you got a back-to-back. You go Demko tomorrow. And I'm not trying to make... I'm not the only one who thought this, but there are a lot of people saying, no, no, you got to start Demko. He's your starter. You got to give him respect. You got to let him get his confidence back. So um, I know hindsight 2020, were you okay with the Martin start? I, he only let in one goal. And, and do you see where Boudreaux is coming from today? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's tough, right? Like I'm not, I'm not a goalie expert by any means, but yeah. to me, like, I just hope that whatever's happening is in the best interest of getting Demko rolling. And that that's in collaboration with Ian Clark. Yeah. If Ian Clark thinks, okay, we need to give him a different opportunity. We need to have him face San Jose kind of build off of a lot of the good things that he was doing in that Vegas game, that last Vegas game. Uh, I'm all for whatever helps Thatcher Demko out Mm -hmm. at this point. Like, as far as I'm concerned, no goalie controversy. We have two great goaltenders. One of them just needs to get a little bit 
uh, of wins under his belt. And uh, I mean, it's going to happen, right? Like I, there's no panic button on, for me with Thatcher Demko. Good. Um, you know, it's a little itchy for me as far as the, the entire team's concerned, <laughs> but with Thatcher Demko, like there's no, there's no panic there at all. And it's, it's just a matter of when, not if for yeah. when he gets rolling. No, that's fair. And, and Boudreaux made a good point today. I didn't even think about this, but he, or maybe that's why he's the coach and he's so smart. He actually then threw in, <laughs> well, that's because Demko dominated the Sharks last. So he kind of threw that bone out as well. It's saying Demko went three and zero against the Sharks. So even if that had nothing to do with the decision, it actually, it looks at it, it softens it a little bit, right? It makes it look a little better. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it takes a, some of the pressure off of like, oh, we got to get him rolling and yeah. all that type of things. So like, I, I honestly think he played really good against Vegas uh, yep. last game. So as far as I'm concerned, he's going. It's just a matter of, you know, the team building momentum with him and uh, helping him collect a few W's on the way. There you go. Nine of the 12 forwards today, Sean, had points led by multi-point games by JT Miller with three, a goal and two assists, and Kuzmenko uh, basically playing a point a game, which is pretty impressive. Let's, let's talk about these two guys. For all JT Miller's, uh, you know, all the worries about his de- defense and things, he's a good playmaker. He's got a great hockey IQ, and when he's thinking and engaged, as we saw in that last second, second period goal uh, assist to Horvat. Um, we can see why he got 99 points last season. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, him on the power play, you can see he, he likes that top circle snapshot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got a very quick release. You know, as you touched on, there's some defensive concerns. <laughs> Mind you, he made a great defensive back check uh, tonight and uh, made a nice play to get it out of the zone there. Yep. But, um, yeah, I mean his strength to his game is very much his offensive IQ and what he's able to do from that, uh, high, high top circle area there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's able to weaponize Bo Horvat a lot in the middle as well in that slot area. So it it opens things up where yes, he's got the shot that you have to respect, but he can also just kind of slot it into the middle there to Bo Horvat with, 17 goals on the season. You have to respect that as well as a defensive. Such a good point, actually, Sean, about weaponizing Horvat because we know that as we love Horvat's leadership. He's improved his skating. Obviously, he's improved his shot. One thing he hasn't really improved is his passing ability. So Horvat is not the best playmaking center. So when you move Miller out of the middle and free him from those defensive responsibilities and make him a playmaker as opposed to the guy who has to drive everything or, or score everything or defend everything, We've seen some success, and that Miller Horvat combo with, and both of them can take draws, which is good. Uh, but that's a that's a good combo, and Miller seems more comfortable on the wing. I think. Totally agree, and yeah. one of the things that I've been kind of harping on for a couple years now, <laughs> and I'm really happy to see it in the last two games. <laughs> finally, <laughs> is that Horvat's not being used as the matchup center, ah. right? Uh, he's not a defensive center. Yep. He can play responsibly to a point, but he's not a matchup guy. He's a very great north-south power forward yep. sniper. Like that's his game. So if you're able to get him the soft minutes and keep that responsibility, that defensive responsibility under Pedersen, who's just eating teams up right now. Yeah. That's that's the best way to do it. And that's that's a great way to get the value out of uh JT Miller as well. We're I mean, with that new contract coming up, uh, you're going to want to mine as much surplus value out of that deal as possible. Giving him the softer minutes yeah. and the softer matchups is going to really help you uh, spread that offense out 
yeah. and uh, kind of take that load off of those two guys. Great point. And you mentioned PD. I didn't know this. I knew he was quite dominant on both ends of the ice like he's been. He had nine shots on goal tonight, Sean, which is pretty, did. pretty darn impressive. And you know what, <laughs> what else is crazy? He led all forwards in shorthanded time. And this a penalty kill time, and this is something I don't think we would have fathomed before Boudreaux got here at the end of last season, is, is him being our number one penalty killer. And he basically, aside from a really great stick check by Shea Theodore, um, he could have had two goals on the night, including a shorty. Oh, yeah. I mean, watching him on the penalty kill right now is like watching an artist. Yeah. It's just like the, his ability to read the plays, uh, get into the right position. Uh, he's picking off a lot of those passes and going for odd man rushes the opposite direction. He's a legitimate threat on the penalty kill offensively, which is, yeah. uh, I mean, more than you could ever hope for out of out of uh, your shutdown defenseman or defensive center, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, Pedersen, like, we, we could heap all this praise on him all we want, and I still feel like it's not enough for mm. what he's putting forward right now. Like, I want to see him take up even more of these kind of matchups. Like, like we were talking about earlier, Eichel relatively invisible, Mark stone, relatively invisible. They were getting the Pedersen matchup. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, we're, we're throwing a lot of different looks at Vegas today, as opposed to what we gave them Monday, not just in goal, but in how we match up our centers against them. Yeah. It's funny. You might've noticed too, Sean, when PD makes those great reads, on the penalty kill because he's already out there for 20 30 seconds by the time he gets it he's gassed so we, we haven't seen him and not, he's not like the fast skater in the first place but he always gets caught right so he gets about a five pace uh five stride lead and then he gets caught around the blue line so then he's got a we've never seen him actually deke because he has to let go of, and he's got a great shot obviously i'm not complaying but the wrister the snapshot yeah. but yeah he gets basically caught and that, that would make a lot of sense when you have more energetic power play guys from the other team but it just kind of it's, it's like a pattern. It's not a bad pattern. He's making great reads, as you said, but uh, we haven't seen that breakneck speed because he's probably been on the ice for 20, 30 seconds already. Yeah. And I mean, this is where I like him being paired with Bo Horvat as well. Yeah. Uh, because you've got another guy with even more speed uh, that, that could get that shot off as well. So, uh, you know, I, I would normally, in past years, like I had said, I don't want Horvat in those kind of shutdown positions yeah. but this year being able to partner him with pd like pd is able to take those reads and and shut down things defensively and then bull horvat's able to streak down offensively for the counterattack. so yeah. it's uh became a become a great one-two punch yes. uh, on the penalty kill to to utilize for them and it's interesting the three pairs that they at least by ice time it looks like it's horvat and pd then you roll out mckayev and Lazara, the two newcomers and then uh, a weird pairing of miller and oman as your third <laughs> yeah but they're fine i guess they, they were fine uh, vegas went oh for three and we went three for five so before we get to our power play sean kuzmenko i want to bring up now he's got 18 points yeah. in 20 games basically a point per game on a guy in a nine hundred thousand dollar entry-level contract we can worry about what it's going to cost to sign him going forward but have you been impressed with Kuzmenko, even though we were expecting big things? I, I wasn't expecting 18 points in 20 games. Uh, I've been very impressed. I actually, so it's it, because he came from the KHL, there's not a lot of opportunity for us to watch, right? <laughs> so uh, based off reputation and kind of the scouting reports on him, somebody who's not a super fast skater, 
uh, great IQ, uh, good hands, great shot. But coming from the bigger sheet to the North American sized rink, yeah. you don't know how that's going to translate. Um, and I was starting, I, I was a little concerned that, you know, how long of an adjustment period that could be for him. Obviously not from a cap perspective, like that's just found gold as far as Kuzmenko is concerned. But uh, just, yeah. you know, what that adjustment would look like for him. I mean, he's, it's been seamless and in, in instant uh, putting up numbers like that match rookie Besser. Uh, that's, that's nothing to shrug at. That's fantastic. So, uh, I mean, we've got all that we could ever hope for and more from Andre Kuzmenko so far. Awesome, Sean. And I love, I don't think you did this on purpose because neither of us are smart enough to do this on purpose, but I love how you <laughs> use the word translate when talking about Kuzmenko, uh, talking about his play, but just a PSA <laughs> for everyone watching on the Steve Dangle podcast network. I learned this. Translation is actually not verbal. It's actually written and interpretation is verbal. So if if someone, if Podkolzin is actually sp- speaking for for um, Kuzmenko, he's actually interpreting for him. He's not translating for him. Uh, Sean, I, I, not to put you on the spot. Did you know that? I just learned that this year. I, I, I did not know that yeah, actually. Yeah. So, so that's that's great. Yeah, just, just something. But because we're always trying to make each other better here on SDPN. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of better, <laughs> Canucks power play. They, they have been good the past few games. I would always complain that it was a little too predictable. You have the three guys yes. up top playing catch. Miller, Hughes, and Petey. And you kind of forget about Bester slash Kuzmenko and Horvat. But today they were moving the puck. Uh, they were winning the draw. Chris assertive passes, and they didn't use the bumper or the net front as much today. But when they do, they are so much more dangerous. But I, I thought their power play looked outstanding tonight, and the stats bear that out. Three for five. What'd you see there? I saw three goals, three different ways. <laughs> which I mean, that's great, right? Like you don't want to have the same play. I mean, if it works, it works, right? But for the Canucks, it like you said, it's been kind of stale and predictable, and a lot less movement it's been really stagnant and yeah. so um being able to see jt miller get a, a snap off from the top circle as we talked about within five seconds of the power play yeah. starting uh Pedersen one-timer uh in his patented spot and then brock besser be able to tip a, a really clean oel shot right through i mean that that gives that shows versatility right and that's ultimately what you want as a power play is to be able to throw different looks um i like that both power play units scored yes uh because coming into this game i was like you know there's a couple tweaks that i would like to do just personnel wise on the two units Mm. and i'd kind of like to see them utilize i mean you're going to put pause on that for for right now after they (laughs) they have a heater like tonight so that's great yeah, the, yeah, I love what, yeah, the second unit. I remember even last year, Sean, I would say, and obviously when Pearson's healthy, he's usually on that unit. They're always much more direct, maybe because they didn't have the good enough playmakers, but it was the Pearsons, the Garlands, the OELs of the world that would just sh- get to the front of the net, shoot yeah, the puck. Shots on goal. Yeah, and that's what we, <laughs> is exactly what we saw. You're right, Drys wins the draw. If, if I think it was Drys to Garland to OEL. And then, yeah, right away, and I think... When your second unit, even in their 35 or 40 seconds, granted, they started that one. If they can pitch in a goal here and there, wow, that just makes it so much tougher. And it makes teams tentative, not want to take penalties. And then that means they're they're worse off five on five, the, the opponent, I mean. So overall, obviously, uh, it's not rocket science. You need a good power play to, to make teams pay. Canucks did so tonight. I, I like that they did it on back-to-back Nick Waugh 
uh, undisciplined penalties as well. <laughs> like just taming him right down. Like he wanted to get, be aggressive in yeah. this game and and be in their face. And after two penalty calls and two power play goals, yeah. I mean, you're really second guessing and, and giving that second thought to every aggressive uh, check that you're you're doing up to that point because you don't want to you don't want to go three for three like that's <laughs> so uh no I, I love that they they weaponized that and and were able to make them pay for for that kind of play that's great and one more word about tonight's game uh looking at the defense real quick Quinn Hughes after a rare game with no points yesterday it was uh um, it was back to him getting two points, not yesterday, but the, when they beat Colorado, him getting two yeah. assists. Ekman Larson gets one, but Kyle Burroughs, check the, the stat line: six hits, three blocks, is and twenty minutes of ice time. Is this Kyle Burroughs slash Riley Stillman debate? Is it even a debate anymore? And do we have to fear, Sean, that Boudreaux is somehow going to go back to Stillman over Burroughs? And that's not even talking about Travis Dermott coming back to play soon. I, I really hope it's put to bed yeah. because Burroughs has been and continues to be the better defender out of the two. Mm-hmm. I understand they went and acquired Stillman for that physicality. Um, but as we've seen in, in a couple points, real I mean, t- tonight from really unsuspecting customers, uh, that the team is able to bring that uh, with or without him. And Good point. For, for Kyle Burroughs to be able to eat those kind of minutes, and to, I mean, there's a couple of times where he's standing guys up. He's, he's throwing his weight around, like you said, six hits and he wasn't a defensive liability at all. Like that to me, he needs to be one of those guys that they need to be nurturing uh, to be part of the next great Canucks team. Yeah. And uh, I don't see that in, in Stillman, not, not a knock on him. Burroughs is just better. And to me, if I'm Boudreaux, and I mean, let's face it, this hasn't been an easy season for Boudreaux up to this point with everything in the media, as far as what Rutherford's put out there, <laughs> uh, just wild. But I would be going with the guy that gives me the better minutes, and, and Burroughs is that guy. Yeah. So, like, I want to see Rathbone injected in the lineup before yeah. I see Stillman again. Yep. But, I mean... It, it's great to see that kind of play from from Burroughs. And one guy that you didn't mention uh, there, but I really loved his game tonight as well, was Ethan Bear. Yes. And so you could see him really getting comfortable in Vancouver and yeah. and starting to seize the opportunity that he has ahead of him. Which Glad you mentioned He made that beautiful fantastic. pass to Oman in the first period right in the slot. Unfortunately, yeah. the goal, the one goal. So, yeah. And by the way, who needs toughness when you have Connor Garland dropping the gloves, right? Of course, <laughs> yeah. his opponent is the one guy who scores, which is so annoying. But that was a weird the one, right? It went off enforcers. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it, it went off a of bear's back, right? That's why it took such a weird bounce. It went off bear's back, so Martin is already kind of, and then it bounces off the the glass, weird. And of course, it's Marshall who sticks it in the net. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, of course, Marchessault too. Like the the one guy that no Canucks fan wants to see score is yes. <laughs> the guy who puts it away. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, yes, good good pull on Ethan Bear. I th- I think he's been he's been great as well. And I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch because when Travis Dermott ultimately gets be- uh, gets back, now you're at nine healthy D. You think Rathbone to Abbotsford seems to be the easy, less risky play. But then you still got to figure out what you're doing with Burroughs and Stillman. But let's worry about that when we when we get to that point. So thank you, Sean. What we're going to do now is I'm going to let's transition to our second segment where we're going to talk big picture 
about this team. So we'll give a quick pause because I got to insert an ad in the podcast. So we'll pause just like this, a, a deep breath. Perfect. Okay. Sorry for those of you seeing that. Yeah, I, that probably wasn't the, the nicest scene. And I, I'll remind you here once again to subscribe to SDPN, subscribe to Sean at Sean Warren 234 on Twitter. And you can follow me at Knut Clay on Twitter as well. And like this video, like the fact that the Knucks won and they've won two straight. And believe it or not, they're three points out of a playoff spot. Anyways, okay, Sean. You know me. I am the founder of the GLCPC, the good looking Canucks Positivity Club. You are just as good looking, if not better, <laughs> but maybe not as positive, at least in past lives. So I let's you, you can pull in any stats or any experience or any insight you want. I see a team that blew seven, seven multi-goal leads, not one goal leads, multi-goal leads. Tell me this. Is this wrong thinking? A good team should have closed out at least four half of those, right? Because they're multi-goal leads, oh, not one goal leads. That's yeah, eight more least. points. That's 27 points for the Canucks in. 21 games and then they're comfortably in a playoff spot is that ignorant thinking is that actually downplaying that there are bigger issues not just mental breakdowns or fluky losses like i guess this is my long way of saying what do you make of this team are they the team that blew seven multiple leads and went over seven to start the season are they the team that have won four of the last five including beating la vegas and colorado or are they somewhere in the middle and are you still trying to figure them out so I'm going to kind of Solomon this one. Uh, I think it's really in, in the middle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't see them being as bad as we saw, right? Like that's, that's historically bad. Like we were, they were on pace for something ridiculous, like a 56 point season. Like this team is a lot better than that. Um, as much as I know a lot of Canucks fans, I'll admit myself included. I I'm, we cover the CHL at Area 51. Uh, we see a lot of Bedard. I would love to see Bedard in Vancouver. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, that's just dreaming, right? Like, there was no way the Canucks were going to be in that conversation, that lottery. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, they might be in the lottery because I don't see them as a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is kind of that marker in the season, right? American Thanksgiving usually the teams that are in the playoff picture that's the teams in the playoffs at the end of the season uh i think it's like a three percent discrepancy where that's wow. not the case it's real like the odds unfortunately for the canucks playoff hopes are really not in their favor even though we're looking at it as yes they're three points out of the playoffs <laughs> uh only in vancouver are we are we counting points outside the playoffs uh, in november <laughs> but yeah, uh way to shoot down my bubble but thanks where's my yeah bubble? sorry oh it's good <laughs> that's uh that, that's a very vancouver thing we all do it's great totally, totally. um but for you know i i see this team as a bubble team again and my concerns a lot of them are just in roster construction and cap allocation uh this team is maxed out for cap uh bo horvat who's putting up a career season is due for a new contract which is not going to be cheap especially as he's second in nhl scoring right now (laughs) and you know it's to me it's an an accumulation or a culmination of misstep after misstep after misstep fumbling into each other uh, over the last eight to ten years Mm -hmm. right and so at a certain point there has to be a reckoning for that as much like I hate to I hate to do this on a night like this where we've had so much fun. I but I just don't see 
this being a real thing and the Canucks need to take some considerable considerable steps to think, when are we going to be a contending team and how do we get there from here and start making those very hard decisions because they are going to be painful decisions right now. I love what you said there, Sean. And despite my, you know, my uh, founding the GLCPC, I I do have a a bit of a realistic bone in my body. I I get how you might have to take as much as fans don't want to some fans. I think that this market is mature enough to realize that maybe a couple steps back are needed still to get to ultimately where we want to go. Because you're right. It's been eight years of, of complete up and down. So if I, I'll give you that. I agree with what you said that we're not there. We can't be kind of uh, tempted or persuaded by a couple strong performances. The bigger question is, do you think Rutherford and Alvin see what you just said? It's hard to say because they say the right things in the media, aside from their bashing of Boudreaux. Uh, <laughs> they say the right things, right? Like they say we're going to target younger players. Uh, they talk about how the importance of cap space, draft picks. Uh but we've seen the opposite so far. So I don't know if it's them kind of feeling things out and then kind of being wrong. And that's something that they need to correct because up to this point, uh, I mean, we've seen the JT Miller extension. Clearly they should have extended a Horvat instead. Yeah. Um, and then they could have explored options with Miller mid season or at, the trade deadline or at the end of the season, depending on what they wanted to do there. Uh, I mean, how much of a bargain could they have got on, on Bo Horvat before this season started? Right. Uh, so for me, you know, like you see the, the, the draft pick traded in the Dickinson trade, you see picks moved out and not moved in. And I'd start, I start to wonder if the talk that they're talking, which is the, the music that we want to hear, is being backed up by the walk uh, right now there's no correlation and i i want to see that happen because as you said this is a mature fan base mm-hmm. really knowledgeable if you communicate a plan and then execute that plan even if there's you know step backs or, or moves that don't work out i i really think that this fan base is going to be understanding and buy into the bigger picture but it the the walk and the talk need to match Great point. And one more question I want to ask you. So we've heard a lot, and you, you kind of referenced it, that it was a shock when Miller got re-signed over Horvat, and no one no one would have believed six months ago if you told us that Miller had the seven-year extension. Horvat was on the verge, potentially, of walking. So there's a lot of yeah. consternation. Hey, how come they haven't met with his agent, even though they're in Toronto? How come they haven't talked? But then Darren Drager is one, and I think we might see more, and maybe it's the Canucks helping fuel these, but we're starting to see at least insiders saying, actually, no, the Canucks do want to keep Horvat. They do not want to trade him. They're going to do everything because they know everything that he means to this team. Do you believe that, Sean? Do you think it's lip service? Or again, is it somewhere in the in the kind of mushy middle? Because you never know what to believe. But what, what do you ultimately think is going to happen with this Horvat situation? Part of me just honestly expects him to re-sign him because that's the move that handcuffs them the most, right? <laughs> like, uh, I love Horvat. I don't want him to go. If I could go back to the day that they signed JT Miller and just like scream no, shred up the piece of paper and say that it should be Bill Horvat instead, I would. Uh, but, you know, you can't keep buying into this team as mm. currently constructed. And there needs to be room for change. And 
the, the sad part is they can't long-term even afford the team that they have, which right. at best is a team that might squeak into the playoffs. Right. So if they want to ultimately contend for a Stanley Cup, which we all want to see, they need to start making some harder decisions that will put them on the path where they're able to bring in young players uh, that are going to be part of that next great Canucks team in three to five years, whenever that is. Hopefully on the sooner side of that, right? But uh, does a 32, 33, 35-year-old Bo Horvat factor into that? Yeah. I mean, those are kind of the decisions that they need to make. And that's where I think they need to move him. I don't expect them to because it's the Canucks <laughs> and they will find a way to sign him. And then we'll sign the next Ilya Mikheyev in the free agent pool, not address the defense <laughs> and have another four, three to $4 million <laughs> fourth liner. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just... That's the history that we've seen. And it really feels like we've seen this movie before. Right. I I just, I can't wait to be eventually proven wrong one day. And I think that's one thing that people misunderstand when you're critical about the Canucks is that we want to cover a really good Canucks team. Yes. You know, we want to. And it's it's frustrating to try to pull positives from from a night where they just get spanked yeah. and there's nothing good and they blow a multi-goal lead and yeah. you're you're left scratching your head wondering what happened and then you look at the blue line and it's the same as it has been the last three to four years Amen. you know and it's yeah no at a certain point things need to change and it's going to be painful and you're, it's just got to happen you're so right you yes yeah, so it's it's better for all content creators we have yeah. more fun. We get more eyeballs on. People are more excited when the team is doing well. Sean, I want to do this. I don't want to be limited to my my cheap free Zoom account. I would love <laughs> if you can give me ten more minutes, and because I, I want to. Yeah. I would love because I love your insight. I love the, the flow tonight. We got almost ninety people in here, which is great. This is what we're gonna Fantastic. do. I'm gonna ask you, and we'll figure this out on the fly. Basically, leave this call. And then yep. come back in. And then in the meantime, I will make it work on the screen. And in about a minute or two, we'll have you back on. Does that sound okay? That sounds great. All right, let's do it. So I will switch the screen. I'm going to end this. I'm going to make Sean join, rejoin. In the meantime, why don't you start getting your, um, your questions into the chat? Get your questions in the chat right now as I try and get Sean back in here. And then we will have him with me answering uh, your questions for about 10 minutes or so. So once again... Make sure that you are uh, typing in your, your questions in the chat. And I think we're about 30 seconds from having them again, which is pretty exciting. I'm getting good at stalling at this because, uh, again, um, I'm, I'm too cheap to buy my own Zoom account, so I'm limited to the 40 minutes. But uh, if, we, if you keep answering your questions, as soon as Sean gets back in here, we will definitely um, have him help Recording me. in progress. Oh, okay. Oh, see, that was pretty fast. Look at that. I, I think he's coming on. Recording stopped. Okay, now you can hear that my computer. I'm not recording Sean, so he can he can yep. say what he wants freely, even though this is going to be on YouTube and a podcast. Sean, are you back? I'm back. Awesome. Now we can go for another 40. Don't, don't worry. We're not going to go for another 40 <laughs> minutes, but we will, we'll go for another 10 minutes or so. And I you would know love... I would. Was that? You're okay? <laughs> you know I would. Uh, yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. Okay, let's start with uh, Damn to Daniel says, is Petey ready to be captain, regardless of... Horvat, but maybe sped up if Horvat leaves. Petey, captain material to you, Sean. Yes. Um, 
purely because he's the one leading this team on the ice. Uh, I think he handles the media very well in Vancouver. Uh, he wants the spotlight and the responsibility on him uh, in all situations. Yep. Uh, if Horvat is traded, PD is absolutely my pick for captain. Yes. Very good. J J Lo. What Jennifer Lopez is in here? No, J Lo. It's Ooh. a guy. J Lo says, let's say <laughs> management keeps the team intact and they make it all the way to the second round. So they win one round. Uh, the question is, would you still blow it up next year? And I guess that includes Boudreaux. So let's say the, the Canucks win one round, but they lose in the division finals. Uh, I, I don't think you really have a choice yep. uh, just based off how the cap uh, structure is going long term, right? If you if you visit their cap friendly page, there's a lot of money tied long term and beyond this season. Uh, it's really hard to even afford the team that is currently constructed uh, mm. as it is. If we're making it to the second round, which would be fantastic to cover because that means we're in for a wild finish to this season <laughs> is like you got to think Bo Horvat, how valuable, right? Uh, so, yeah, I don't think you really have a choice. I think management has really put their foot down and said that Bruce isn't their guy. Yeah. So you expect the change there at the very least. And I mean, at the very end of this season, do you see Bruce signing an ex extension with Vancouver oh, after what? being kicked around to no. start? I don't. So, you know, I, I think change is inevitable. Uh, it would be fun to cover that kind of run though. That'd oh, yeah. be, that'd be excellent. Nothing like it. Nothing like, it. uh, Darth Nutella asked a question, but we covered it already. So, uh, Nutella, I'd ask you when we're done, go back to about the 30 minute mark where actually Sean and I did talk about, um, or 20 minute mark. Is this team, the team that gave up seven multi-goal leads, or is this the team that's won for the last five? I, I'll give spoiler alert. We both said they're kind of in the, kind of in the middle of those two extremes but we did answer that but thank you for answering that question lindsay's got a fun one here i guess meeting you for the first time it's actually really funny it says uh oh i just missed it i don't want to be <laughs> scrolling on this forever uh, oh here i just read that where sean works is this his way of saying he's an alien since he's from area 51 can you give a quick quick uh, recap of why your network is called the area 51 network it's actually named after elias patterson so uh huge Pedersen fan yeah so uh we loved the the nickname how unique it is with alien and we built a whole brand off of it so yeah Love it. <laughs> so we have we have area 51 we have the church of Pedersen we got a lot of uh, a lot of things that Pedersen has helped spawn here uh Nexus asks aside from Horvat then and don't say De well you can you can say Demko PD and Hughes but we've got to be realistic too who's the best trade chip for the Canucks that and I, I I'll kind of refine it say realistic that the Canucks could actually end up moving we, we heard talk about Garland Besser because at least those guys might fetch you something maybe not as much as you want but um, I'll yeah. stop answering for you who do you think the is the best trade chip for the Canucks right now right now I mean I know he didn't he didn't want us to mention it but Thatcher Demko is probably the best trade chip aside from that uh three years left five million per season a ton of teams that would kill to have a Thatcher Demko on their team. Uh, I, he's definitely the next biggest. Yeah, I think that there's, it's hard to say because they've hurt some of the, the trade uh, trade value of some guys like, like a Garland with the healthy, healthy scratch. 
Um, I would say the next biggest one, probably a guy that they don't want to move, is Andre Kuzmenko. Um, yeah. Being as cheap as he is, he's on a one-year term. He's putting up great numbers. Uh, somebody that could help put a contending team over the top in a depth role. So, yeah, I would say probably Kuzmenko to not mention the names that you uh, <laughs> brought up. But, I mean, that's somebody that they're going to try not to trade, I think. And I think, and not just because of your answer, in general, we as fans, we tend to always overvalue our own players because we think that we can get so much for these players that we are watching uh, every single day for for better or for worse. And by the way, Sean, speaking of better or for worse, everyone heard you, but I forgot to switch the 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 uh, the screen, so it's fine now. But for their first four minutes of your your part two, um, they could hear your beautiful voice, but they would see my beautiful face at the same time. So, <laughs> but now, sorry everyone watching, but now we're both on the screen for the last the last few minutes or or so. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, do you? This one's not from the chat. This is just me asking you. Are you at all worried about Demko's confidence right now? No. Okay. Um, there's a few things. I think Thatcher Demko, the reason why he's been so dominant at every level up to this point, I, I think back to his education in yeah. Boston is with psychology. So he seems pretty unflappable. And, uh, you know, he leans really heavily on Ian Clark, his relationship with Ian Clark's fantastic. We've seen it time and time again. I don't think there's any panic there. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, trying to take things one game at a time, build on some of the things that he's picked up on. Yeah. I do wonder how much uh, his off-season surgery impacted things um, at, for his start. But goalies go through streaks like this. Uh, it happens we haven't seen it with Thatcher Demko up to this point, which just shows how remarkable he's been throughout his professional career up to this point. But mm -hmm. no, I, I'm not worried about his confidence at all. Good. Me neither. All right. Two more questions. One of them, this is a good one. It's from Cam Courtney says, what do you think is wrong with Pod Coles? And I'll preface this by saying he's only in his second year. So uh, mm -hmm. maybe sophomore slump. He was good at the end of last season, gave us some hope, but there is slight concern considering Tanner Pearson's hurt. Stadnika's hurt, so you could argue with him being out, he could be like 14. Maybe he's dries isn't playing though. I, I get it if those two guys aren't hurt, but still, Podkosen can't crack this lineup that has Oman, Daniel, uh, Lazar, um, all these guys. Sorry, Dakota Joshua playing ahead of him. Um, yeah. is it are you worried or is, is this just part of being a, a guy in his second year in the league? Uh, I think it's a bit of that. I think it's really hard to get a good rhythm when you're in and out of the lineup so much too. And, you know, I, I kind of go back to the discussion that we were having about, you know, when is this team going to be that next great Canucks team yeah. and the decisions that need to be made in the process of that. For me, Pod Colson needs to be in every game. Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to have nights that are tough, uh, whether it's sophomore slump or just, whatever's going on there confidence perhaps you know it's i i think he needs to be getting regular reps niels hoaglander same thing jack rathbone you know like these are the players that you want to be part of that next great canucks team they fit that age bracket um and they've got great ceilings 
to me, like those are the types of players to be nurturing and giving experience to and opportunities to, mm-hmm. uh, if it's not going to happen in Vancouver, I hope that they get it in, in Abbotsford because they need to be getting those kinds of reps and building that confidence, working on things. And, you know, if he has to spend a little bit of time in Abbotsford, that's okay to me because at least he's getting reps. And uh, so I don't know necessarily what's going on, but I don't think it's helping being in and out of the lineup uh, as much as he has been. Yeah. And the, and the two things, the two most important things about Hoglander and Puggles, and they're both on $900,000 entry level contracts. And you're right. You can send them to and from Abbotsford without fear of losing them on waivers. So yeah, they're not playing up here for more than one or two games at a time. Make that quick, as long as they're playing at home, make that quick trip and, and get them in some, yeah. some game time. I, I agree with you completely. Okay. Last question. Uh, what's your prediction for tomorrow? Canucks and Sharks. Canucks and Sharks. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot closer than tonight. Uh, but I, if they play anywhere close to what they're playing tonight, they're coming out with a win. Love so, it. Uh, I'm going to go Canucks W on this one. I love it. That means that I agree with Sean. Of course, I'm going to pick a Canucks win. That means the Sean. <laughs> that means the Canucks would close to within one game of 500 with the win tomorrow. They would move up to nine, ten, and three. But they go to bed tonight, eight, ten, and three. But winners of their last two. Sean, um, I will let you get going, and then I'll I'll do the close of the show. I so greatly appreciate you joining me tonight this was this was quick man this was 45 minutes of probably the quickest chat i've had so thank you thank you for sharing your expertise and your time once again please let everyone know where they can follow you and then uh and then we'll let you do your thing absolutely so you can find all the great work that's being done within the area 51 sports network at area 51 sportsnet.com again we follow a lot of the chl and cover that Uh, of course canucks flames uh we've covered a lot of the world cup up to this point and ufc uh lots of great sports coming on the way as well uh, on the horizon here um and then you can follow me on twitter at at sean warren 234 awesome that that's also corresponding to how many wins in a row the connection you get two then three <laughs> then four so sean if it's going to keep going up yeah exactly <laughs> your, your name next week will be sean five seven eight so if, uh, if it means the Canucks are winning 5-1 I, all the time, I'm going to have to get you on here more often. But thanks for your time again, brother. We'll talk to you soon. I agree. Anytime, my friend. Okay, thanks, Sean. Take care. Take care. All right, bye. That, my friends, was Sean Warren of the Area 51 Network. Make sure you check him out on Twitter. I want to thank you for being here tonight. Tonight was a lot of fun. Not only the game, but this stream. A couple of technical things, but, you know, that's what it, I only come in every couple of weeks or so. But... You don't have to wait two weeks. All you got to do is wait about 24 hours because I'll be your host tomorrow night again. So maybe the Canucks go for their third straight, get their third straight win. They creep to within even closer to the playoff spot and no better person to talk about it than the most positive and unrealistic Canucks fan on the planet. And that would be yours truly, Canuck Clay. So on your way out, make sure that you like this video. Make sure that you subscribe to SDPN, Steve Dangle Podcast Network channel right here on youtube and you can also follow me both on twitter and on youtube at knut clay thanks for being here i hope you guys have a really really good night i hope you have a great rest of your weekend starting tomorrow canada croatia soccer eight o'clock pacific 11 o'clock eastern time gonna get up for that and then we'll see if i end up staying up for the rest of the day and as always i want to end off with a great dad joke because that's what i do here so as always Thanks for being here. Thanks for your comments. Thanks for your your fandom and your loyalty to this channel. 
Stay safe, stay healthy, take care of yourselves, and take care of each other. And I got to tell you, guess who I bumped into on my way to get my glasses fixed today? Everybody. Take care and go Canucks go. Good night, everyone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.